Praise the Lord. You know, as a, as a minister of music, I want to commend our church, how awesome of a place of worship our church is. Um, I never feel like I, I've, I've listened to a lot of, uh, you know, worship podcasts and everything. I never feel like I'm a cheerleader at our church. I just think we're redeemed and we like to praise the Lord because of it. But, uh, boy, it's been awesome. Uh, the last, uh, last few times I've gotten up to preach, um, we said the last time happened, but I actually think it's the last three out of four times the Holy Spirit just kind of took over and I just didn't get to preach. Um, so that's, but that's the, way, that's the way we like it, huh? We like to let God have his way. Um, so we're going to just continue to let him lead. Um, and I want to give a quick report. Pastor Micah had mentioned that we took the teens out on Friday night. Um, if you were here last Sunday, and Kayla did mention that we got permission slips in the case they don't get hurt or die. Well, no one got hurt and no one died, so that was good. We all got back. We all got back alive. Praise the Lord. Um, hopefully, you keep sending your kids to teen ministries. Uh, it was a very good time. It was also a very good time in the Lord. Um, we were in this church, a bunch of teenagers. We they took a count at the end, and somewhere between 30 and 35 teens had either gotten saved. Or or rededicated their life uh, so that was awesome awesome place to be um, and a couple of our own was in that 30 uh, that that bunch of 30 there so praise God for for the work that's going on in our teenagers okay because uh boy God God needs to work uh, now and today and let me tell you those teens are the church of now and today so praise the Lord for what he is doing and I, I want to, uh, uh, I was kind of at a loss for this Sunday because, you know, as you saw a little bit ago, we got my baby boy dedicated this morning, which was awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Leo the lion, and uh, he even smiled at the right time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but but uh, I, was, I was obviously, you know, uh, talking to God the last few weeks about what to preach and Maybe, God, that I should be preaching uh, one of those messages that where you just kind of took over instead, Lord. Um, what, what do you want me to preach this morning? And I kid you not, for like a week ago, I thought I was going to preach on the prodigal son. And I was like, God, this is so ironic. <laughs> I was like, I just, just had my baby boy dedicated. And you want me to preach the prodigal son? Uh, but, but I think he was just teaching me something else. Um, but uh, from time to time, a lot of, uh, a lot of times what we teach is really what God has taught us first. Um, and some of you ministers in the house can can support me on that. Um, so this morning, I've actually got a word to share today because we are talking about uh, bold this, this whole year long. So if you're a visitor to church, we've got this bold vision uh, going on this whole year because now is a critical time for the church to be bold. To be bold. Not hidden in a church house, but to be bold even on the streets and in the workplace. And today, I want to talk about that boldness, about that power in our ministry. I'm gonna, I've actually got a scripture today. You can turn there with me. It's going to be in Exodus chapter 4. This scripture in Exodus chapter 4, we honestly could do, you know, like a, probably a mini-series on it. Um, so this might go a couple hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but there's a lot in the scripture. Just give me a heads up. There's a lot in this scripture. Um, and so, but I want, I want us to, I want us to grab hold of the power that God has put in us to do ministry. Because 
let me tell you something, church. Whenever you share the word of God, it is not just mere words coming out of your mouth. There is a power that's flowing through you that is from God, from the Holy Spirit, that flows into you as a vessel for his power and his glory into people's lives. You are not just, just saying words. There is a power going through you. So let me, let me encourage you, some of you that's in ministry in the church, whenever you're uh, some of my kid men leaders, I'm going to tell you first because, man, you guys be, need to be commended for what you do. But let me tell you, you are not a daycare center. You are not just somebody who just you know, uh, wipes their mouth and, and makes sure they're being good. No, those words that come out of you, there is a power, an instilling of the Holy Spirit that is flowing through you and into that young boy or young girl's life. There is power going through you. Ministers, greeters at the door, let me tell you, you're not just there just to shake hands. There's power flowing through you. When you share with somebody at the workplace, at the lunch hour, you're not just telling them a story. You're giving them testimony. You're giving them word. You are giving them power. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit going into that person's life. There is a power of boldness whenever you minister, whenever you're doing the work of the Lord, there is a power flowing through you. Um, Wednesday night we talked about the power that, is, that, is, that comes upon you whenever you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and I would encourage anybody here who has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit I believe that that is the turning point that is the experience that happens before you step into ministry I've said this before but I was, a, I was called to preach at 17 but then baptized in the Holy Ghost at 19 I believe that's when I went from that motivational speaker that knew a little bit about the Bible to a power and authority Holy Ghost anointed speaker that was able to speak to people's lives and so that they might receive that power receive that word so let me tell you that's, that's the initial point now I want to talk though more about this power in our ministry so we're going to go to Exodus chapter 4 and like I said we're going to read quite a bit there's a lot in these scriptures um, but I, I want us to uh, really see the power, of the, the power of ministry here so in Exodus chapter 4 we're going to read verses 1 uh, through 12 before I read I want you just to stretch your right hand toward me let's pray Father God just be over us right now Lord, bless this word. Bless this message, God. Let myself just be a vessel for your word to your people. God, and for those hearts that's in this room where you are calling them out by name for a plan, a purpose, a ministry, God, I pray that today would be their day that they step into power, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 1 in chapter 4 of Exodus says this, But Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, Lord, uh, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw, it down, uh, threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease like leprosy. Now put your hand back into your cloak, 
the Lord said. So Moses put his, his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River, pour it on the, on the dry ground, and when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, uh, what makes a person's, or who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak? He uh, hear or, or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. I'll stop right there. Praise the Lord for this, this encounter. And I want you to, to kind of get in perspective where we're reading at. Because this is the encounter that Moses has uh, as he's in Midian, and uh, he's encountered by the burning bush, and, um, and, and the bush was not consumed. And so Moses turned to it, and there he heard the voice calling out his name, Moses, Moses. And the Lord appeared to him, and I love what Moses said, and we could preach on this all day where he said, here am I. But uh, in this encounter, we get to, that started in chapter 3, we get to chapter 4, and we see this dialogue between Moses and the Lord in, the, in this chapter 4. Because the Lord is trying to call Moses out to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of a, a, a captivity of bondage that they've been in for 400 years. He's trying to call him out to say, hey, this is what you've been commissioned for. I position, positioned you in such a place. You know, you need to go and you need to lead these people. And so in that, we get to chapter 4, and Moses first begins to talk about, well, God, what if these people, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe that, you know, I, didn't, I encountered you? And what if they don't hear me? What if they don't listen? And so uh, God begins to show him the three different signs, and we'll kind of touch on those today, but that's where I said you could probably make a mini-series on those signs. But the Lord presents to him, and uh, he says, okay, what's in your hand, Moses? And, and he's got a shepherd's staff in his hand. He says, shepherd's staff. And the Lord gave him the first sign. He said, throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. One of the things I love about Moses is that uh, he was very real. He was very real. And he threw it on the ground. And, and the Lord turned it into a snake. And uh, said that Moses like, started, to started to flee. He jumped back. Um, so I can totally see. I do that too. I say, whoa, there's a snake. <laughs> yeah, and if you are a visitor here, we don't handle snakes, okay? That's... <laughs> That's, that's something that scares me. I think that's about crazy. But anyways, but he throws it down. He throws it down, and there it turned into a snake, okay? And then the Lord told him to grab it by the tail. And so he grabbed it by the tail, and the snake turned back into a shepherd's staff. And that's going to be the first sign. So he, he said, listen, I want you to show him that first sign. So it's kind of an order, too, that God gave. And I think there's a, there's a reason for that order. But, but, he, but he grabbed it by the, the tail. It turned into a staff, and that was the first sign. The second sign that the Lord gave Moses to show if they don't believe after that first one is that he had him, he said, Moses, put your hand into your cloak. He put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, uh, the scripture says it was almost like snow, that was like speckled like snow of leprosy, of sores on his hand. And the Lord said, now put it back in. And he put, it back, put his hand back in his cloak. And he pulled it out and he was healed. 
So that was the second sign that he was supposed to show somebody if they don't believe. And then he said, lastly, if they don't believe past these first two signs, now I want you to go and I want you to get some water out of the Nile. I want you to pour it on the, gr- on the dry ground. And when you pour it out on the dry ground, it's going to turn into blood. And that these signs were, first off, if somebody comes up to you and starts to convince you of every, anything and they start to have signs like that, I'm, I'm believing them. <laughs> I'm believing them. But, it, but uh, the Lord gives Moses these signs to go and to show and to tell the children of Israel that God has called Moses to lead them out during this time, that, that the Lord appeared to Moses. And so in order for them to believe, he gave them these signs. And then after that, Moses was, was, uh, was so, so bold in, in, in uh, what he said then. He just goes out and he's like, well, God, I'm not the greatest speaker. Uh, I, I get tongue-tied. I'm not very good at that. And then the Lord's like, who made the tongue? Who even gives somebody the right to speak or don't speak, be able to hear or don't hear, who is able to see and don't see? Is it not the Lord? So stop getting your eyes on yourself, Moses, is what he's trying to say. Get your eyes on me. So I want us to see in this encounter these things. First, there's there's two big things that jump out at me. But let me tell you, uh, there is a time right now, church, that just as Moses was leading an exodus out of people in slavery and bondage, there is such a time and a calling right now for God's people to lead others out of an exodus to get out of sin and slavery and uh, slavery in this messed up life of sin that they're stuck in, where they're fed so many lies that they don't know what to believe. God is calling us to share the word of God and to share it with power so that there are supernatural things that happen whenever we speak just as he gave Moses those words that you share with other people are not just mere words there is power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you but I want to I want to see these two things that I want to mention if you are if you ever felt the call of God in your life if he's ever called you by name I'm going to tell you there's there's probably these two things have hit your mind at some point in time and Moses I want he hit two of them here that I want to mention in the first the very first verse there was two words that really stand out it says but Moses protested again what if He says, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if? If you have ever got a call on your heart to do the work of the Lord, that has probably hit your mind to say, what if? What if they don't listen to me, God? What if if I lose a friend over this? What if they don't like me anymore at, at, at work? God, what if I'm not good enough for this? What if I'm not eloquent enough? That that word of what if happens a lot. But church, let me tell you something. What if is not your reality? What if is not your reality? That's just doubt, lies, fear, and worry that the enemy tries to put on you. That's not what's going to happen. Let me tell you what is true and what is faithful. That is the promises of God. The promises of God that says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That he will give you power. That he will give you word. That he will give you what to do and what to say. He will provide for you. He will heal you. He is your God. He is your Father. And his promises stand. So don't let the question of what if be your reality. Let your reality be your faith in the Lord. So when those questions of what if come up in your mind, 
Get those out immediately. Cast those out because that's the enemy trying to put doubt on you. That's the enemy trying to put worry on you and say, listen, I know who my God is. I know he's going to provide for me. I know he's, seen, he's been with me time and time again. He's been so faithful, and he's going to be faithful through this one too. So don't listen to the what if. Let your faith be reality. The other thing that Moses does in, uh, in a, actually down in verse 10 that I want to mention. So after, he gives, after the Lord gives him these three signs, in verse 10, uh, Moses says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. You ever been to that point in where God's kind of called you to do something, and you're like, God, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for this. I think I need to, you know, I need to study my Bible a little more. I need to go pray some more, God. Like, I can't speak to this person right now. Let me tell you, God has put you there at that moment in time for that specific purpose, okay? And he has made you exactly the way that you are supposed to be. So it's, and, and first off, it's not about what you can do anyways. It's about who your God is. I think God all the time uses somebody who's not enough in the world's eyes to show how big and how powerful our God is. I want to I want to share I want to be transparent with you. I want to share a little bit of uh, some of my history on this, okay? Because let me tell you, I didn't uh, uh, being you know preaching from 17, baptizing the Holy Ghost at 19. Let me tell you, I am not really set up to be a preacher in the world's eyes, and I'm going to show you something. In, uh, in my years of, uh, years of college, and I say years because, gosh, man, college feels like 100 years. But in my years of college, there was this, um, there was this point that, that I got to, uh, you, you get through the undergrad portion, and then I wanted to go on to pharmacy school, and there's something called the Pharmacy College Admissions Test, or the PCAT. Everybody takes the PCAT to get into pharmacy school. And the PCAT is something that is is so so odd in the way that it's scored. It's not something like you get an A or a B or a C in. They actually look all across the country and they see how you did compared to everybody else. So your score is a zero to 100. If you were the top in the country, you were 100%. If you were the worst in the country, you were a zero percent. I want to read to you just, I'm going to be transparent, my scores. I'm not bragging on myself because you'll see what the final scores are. My scores... Chemistry, 76. Woo! Biology, 89. Yeah. Quantitative ability, 67. That's good. Reading comprehension, 16. And verbal ability was a whopping 6. You look at those scores, chemistry, biology, analytical stuff, man, I've got this. But reading comprehension and verbal ability was one of the lowest in the country. They shouldn't have let me in school, Pastor. You should have saw that interview. I was like, my, my name's Noah. I just math. I just math. <laughs> I just math. But I'm being transparent with you. Those are my scores to get into pharmacy school. So you look at that, and you see reading comprehension and verbal ability so low, the world would say, this guy's supposed to be a preacher. Ain't no way in the world. But yet God somehow takes somebody that's in the 6th percentile of verbal ability and gives them the power of the Holy Ghost to speak in power and authority through his holy name. 
So don't you tell me you think you're so small and insignificant and the world looks at you like you are worthless. God takes those things, those people, and shows just how mighty he is. So take that peek at. <laughs> My God has other plans. So don't, when God calls you to do something in ministry, don't ever say, God, I'm not good enough or I'm not, I'm not studied up enough. No, God puts you there for a reason. You are his child. He is your provider. He's going to show you every step of the way. So you put your faith not in who you are, but put your faith in who God is. And I think that's the real transition that, that God was trying to get Moses to see here. He says, you know, listen, he's like, who, who, who even made somebody be able to speak and be able to hear and to see? It's me. It's me. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's not you. And he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to show you what to say, Moses. I think that's the transition. In ministry, it is not about what you can do. It is about the Lord working through you. We are only just vessels for his power and his glory. We're not to be some silver tongue that's able just to speak in such per, you know, persuasive words and stuff. No, God uses sometimes the most humble of words and the most honest heart just to say, God, you're giving me what to say right now. I'm going to encourage this person. I'm going to share word with them. That's the kind of person that the Lord can use. So that we focus on God's power, God's authority, and not our own. He even said, I love, I've got to bring this up. I know it was in the previous passage or previous um, chapter that we read, but in Exodus 3.14, the first thing that God tells Moses to tell his people about who he sent him, he says, tell him, I am who I am. I am who I am. There's something when you change your perspective, not about what we can do, but about how good and how powerful God is is there's something going around right now if you've uh if you're you know i'm going to say a young person in here if you are hesitant on whether you're a young person or not you're probably not no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding bless your all's hearts <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna say there's some there's like a new generation thing that's coming out like a new phrase to say and uh, i've got to bring it up here because it's so it's so silly but it's also a lie of the enemy but there's something being said right now that uh, to motivate young people and stuff is to say you are self-made you are self-made how ridiculous to say that how ridiculous to say that I'm that I'm self-sufficient let me tell you something I've got a two-month-year-old boy back there that definitely is not self-sufficient he always needs us he's crying he says I need sleep I need I need somebody to hold me I need somebody to feed me you were not self-made because first off everybody was once that little and you depended on somebody else but let me tell you we were made by the creator we are just the creation we are not self-made and so when God said, I am who I am, he was saying, I'm the one who's self-made. I'm the one who's self-sufficient. I'm the one who created all things, knows all things, and is everywhere. I am the omnipresent, omniscient God. He says, I am who I am. Shh. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. This is, 
There's some good stuff coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we represent the I am. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 7 says this. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Praise the Lord that I am just a jar of clay, but I'm holding the power of God. And when I preach, it's not by my own understanding or by my own might, but it's by the face of Jesus Christ. We are just jars of clay. So don't spend too much time getting caught up in like religious stuff and making that jar of clay look all shiny and all, all this, you know, oh, I've got the best jar of clay in here. It's not about the jar of clay. It's about the Holy Spirit inside of it being a vessel to reach the lost people of the world. Praise God that I'm just a jar of clay, but I'm able to be filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Now, real quick, I want to talk about these signs of Moses, that Moses saw. And like I said, we could, we could spend a lot of time on these. It is awesome. It is awesome. I would encourage you to go home, study this out. But the first thing, the first sign that God shows Moses to go and, and to show the children of Israel that, uh, that God has appeared to him. First one, he said, after Moses first you know, said, oh God, what if they don't listen to me? There was words that God said first. He said, no, Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? He said, a shepherd's staff. I think right there, God asking you what's in your hand, I think is important too. God's not asking for something. I don't want you to go and buy something. I don't want you to try to you know, measure up to anybody else on this earth. I don't want you to try to go get a degree. I don't want you, you know, whatever. And, and that's good stuff. But what I'm saying, if God's not called you to do it, he's not saying it. He, but he says, what's in your hand? Moses had a shepherd's staff. If you know about Moses and how he was raised in the royal family of Pharaoh, he probably had like a royal staff too. Um, but he asked for the shepherd's staff. But he throws down the staff, and uh, when it hits the ground, it turns into a snake. One thing about ministry that I want to mention here, and I'm going to teach this, is that both the staff and the water hit the ground when they changed. One thing I want to say here about symbolic right there, that it hit the ground. In ministry, there are moments that are an impact, that hit the ground. In ministry, there needs to be some sort of conflict that goes on in someone's mind to know that they need to change for the better. It's great to feed somebody milk and milk and milk and milk and make them feel good, and that's good, but the spirit of conviction needs to go on them as well, that there needs to be a point where they say, wow, I just hit the floor, I need to change. So in ministry, there's these moments of impacts, but he throws down this staff, and it, and it hits, it turns into a snake, and God didn't ask him to pick it up by the tail. 
I want you to see the symbolism here because the snake to Israel was like Egypt itself. And yet when he grabbed hold of the snake that it turned back into a staff and God was saying that, listen, I have given you authority over the enemy. I've given you power and authority. You're picking up that snake and it's turning it into a staff. And the staff of Moses was such a representation of the power and the deliverance of God that we'll see later on in scriptures, a part in the Red Sea, hitting the rock and the water coming out, that there was, there was an authority that was given to the people of God. Church, there is such an authority given to you as children of God. There's such an authority given to you. Jesus even said in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. The first sign that he gives Moses was the staff, the snake turning back into the staff. He's saying, listen, you've got authority over the enemy. You've got authority. The next thing was he asked Moses to take his, take his hand, stick it into his cloak. When he pulled it out, it was filled with leprosy. When he put it back in uh, and took it out, then it was healed. God was saying here, like, first off, he was showing who makes and creates all things, that he is, he is the one who judges. He's the one that can bring on curses and bring on healings. He is the all-powerful God. But also to say that, like, to Israel, it was like that leprosy, that, that, that sickness, that, that affliction that had been on them for 400 years. And when he pulled out his hand from his cloak, there was something to be said there that there's going to be deliverance, there's going to be a cleansing that takes place, that, you're gonna, that he's going to take God's people out of that bondage of Egypt, that he's going to cleanse them from all that crazy sickness and affliction that they've endured. Church, I've started uh, asking around the last couple weeks. We've got a, we've got a song that we're trying to, we're about to learn in uh, worship team that talks about the different miracles and things that the wonder working God. And I've been asking some of you the different miracles in your life. And if I could go on a quick commercial break, if you have any miracles that you'd like to share with me, get me some time and share with me because I want to sing about those miracles. But what I have. I have been discovering around this house is that there is some awesome miracles that has taken place in this house. That there's been people that have seen cancer just disappear. There's been people in this house see people get saved right before it was too late. People healed from different sicknesses. I've seen all kinds of... I've, been, I've just been talking to a few of you and these miracles have come up. Church, let me tell you, first off, share that, share that testimony. Share those miracles because our God who is, was God and is today and will always be God, he's the God that did it for you. He can do it for somebody else. So let somebody's testimony be a prophecy for someone else. But as Moses, you know, he pulled his hand out and that, and that, that sickness was, was, was healed. Let me tell you something, church, something that's so powerful in ministry is when you share your testimony. To say, this is what I was, but now this is where God has taken me. Say, this is the, the deliverance that has happened to me. And when you share that with someone else, they are so just impacted by that. There's, some, there's something that's just released when we, when, we, when we share our testimony that someone else can be delivered too. 
So in ministry, don't keep that hidden in your cloak. Bring that hand out and show them that it once was sickness, but now I am delivered, I am healed. And the last thing that he mentioned was uh, he had Moses go over to the Nile River and get some water out. And when he poured that water on the dry ground, it turned into blood. Now to, to Israel and Egypt, um, that conflict there, there was uh, some very specific meanings with that. Uh, Egypt, as you know, had all kinds of different gods and things. They had, I, want, I, I don't know if I'm going to get these names right, but they had... Um, uh, some, someone called Hapai, who was actually the personification of the Nile River. Then they had Kumnum. Kumnum Kumnum was actually the uh, the guardian of the Nile River. And they had Osiris, who was supposed to be over all the dead and the judgment. And so when, when he was showing them that that water from the Nile River that was supposed to be Egypt's blessing, and, he, and it turned into blood, it was like God saying, listen, I'm above every god in Egypt. They don't stand a chance against me and I think there's something special too that if the hand was delivered the hand went back to normal the staff went back to normal but I think it was something that the blood never changed back it was something to say God said there's going to be a victory and it's going to stay a victory it's not going to switch back so you see in ministry guys there are so many just as Egypt had all these gods and stuff there's a lot of things out there playing God right now there's political news there's different um, just theologies out there different phrases like I just said people saying self made there's all these different things claiming to be God but yet God in this instance is saying listen I am the almighty and the most high God there is no other God that can stand against me my God if God is for us who can be against us let me tell you, every time that you go to minister to somebody, you say those words right there. To no matter what demon is in front of you, no matter the sickness that's in front of you, you say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Boy, that right there should just swell up in your spirit and you should just be able to walk on out in that ministry. So he gives Moses these three signs, the staff and the hand and the water to blood telling us the different you know the different signs of ministry but the the crucial part in all of this crucial part is that those signs were in such a supernatural power that was only from God we are not called to be a people that come up with some you know great speech or just these great words those are just those are just words, just ideas, just stuff that comes from us. But when we minister, we minister through the supernatural power of God. I believe that in this household, as we are, as we are singing, we're about to preach on, on miracles and things like that, I believe there are going to be signs and wonders that follow us. The scripture says that signs and wonders would follow those who believe. Not that we follow the signs and wonders, but the signs and wonders follow us. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is working in our church right now, that there are going to be supernatural things happen in this house and in your life, that you're going to begin to pray over people that need a healing, and they will be miraculously healed. You're going to, you're going to pray for someone who is so lost, and it seems like they're on the gates of hell, but the hand of God is going to reach down and convict them and bring them up. There's going to be miracles take place.
place. But we have to know that our ministry does not lie in what we can do, but in the supernatural power of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Moses received these signs and received that commissioning from the Lord, I want to just refer back to those words that he said to start that encounter. If you want to stand with me right now, the worship team would come on up. When Moses saw the burning bush and it wasn't being consumed he turned and he looked and the Lord called out Moses 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 said here am I church let me tell you if you have felt that call upon you if the Lord has called out your name if he's been saying Anthony Anthony he's been saying Steve Steve if he's been calling out your name I think there needs to be a moment just as Moses had that you encounter God. Every time that we come into this house, we have made it clear that we do not come here just for it to be only about God, but to be with God, to encounter Him, to be with Him. So this morning, I believe God gave me this word because there's people in this house that have felt a call in their heart that maybe God has spoke with you about a certain ministry or just even to speak to somebody at work. But God's been calling you out. This morning, I'm praying that you say to God and say, Here I am. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready. I'm done trying to do this on my own. I'm done trying to work this thing out, to think this thing through. I'm tired. God, I'm ready to depend on your power. Right now, I want those to come up that feel that call. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. I want you to stand in the front saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Let today be that moment of encounter with God. Come on, now's the time. Now's the time. You need to step into a supernatural power. You need to step into it. Don't let there become questions about what if, God. What if? What if I can't do it? What if they don't listen to me? Let your reality be the faith in who the Lord is, not yourself. Let there be no excuses about God. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not ready for this. You remember who God is. They're going to begin to sing. I'm going to ask these for the prayer team to come on up. These few that have come up here, I want you to gather around them. We're going to pray for them. But we're going to continue for the, through this. If you feel that call on your heart, you feel like God is calling out your name, I want you to come forward. Say, here I am, Lord. Go ahead, worship team.
seeking new ground so i yield to you and to your careful hand when i trust you i don't need to understand make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be i came here with nothing but all you have given me jesus bring new wine out of me in the crushing in the pressing you are making new wine in the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Make me a vessel, make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be i came here with nothing but all you have given me jesus bring new wine out of me where there is new wine there is new power there is new freedom the kingdom is here i lay down my old flames to carry your new vine today where there is new wine where there is new wine there is new power there is new freedom the kingdom is here I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. Make me a vessel. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. But all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Make me your vessel. Let's sing this together. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. But all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. You know what I found? 
I turn 30 next week. And I'm not down in the dumps about it. I'm really kind of excited. Yeah, Mary's like, woo! But what I found in my, honestly, 30 years of being in church is that God is just as likely to touch you in this moment at your seat as he is to touch you in this altar. So while these people get prayed for, that's amazing. Bless them for having the courage, right? But let us at our seats who didn't feel necessarily compelled to come up here to still recognize the God that we serve and to recognize this moment that he's doing something for somebody else. He stills me, sees me in a crowd of 10,000. He sees me and in this moment, help me to be a vessel, whatever that vessel looks like, whether it's a wooden spoon or whether it's a piece of fancy china, help me to be a vessel. So let's start with the chorus again. And don't think about dinner that's burning on the stove in this last few moments. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship him because he's worthy.